Hey, hope all is well with you. I am really excited to introduce you to our podcast guest today. We'll be talking to Garnett Strother from Strother PT in New York City. And the topic of discussion today will be limiting beliefs. How do we overcome them? How do we smash them? Or how do we sidestep them? And when is the appropriate time to do each of those? So I'm excited to jump into it. I hope you are too. Let's go. For anybody that doesn't know you, um, I just want to give you a brief introduction. Uh, this is my good friend, Garnett Strother uh, from Strother PT. He's a high-end personal trainer out of uh, Manhattan in New York City. And uh, just all around, really dope, really cool guy. Uh, we've trained a lot together uh, in martial arts. He trained me for a fight um, that I had a couple years back. And um, your style, Garnett, has always been a mix of, you know, personal training, yes, but it goes beyond that. You know, you use a lot of uh, neuro-linguistic programming, a lot of mindfulness techniques, um, and for me, training with you was was really transformative because uh, it really helped me see where my blind spots are and where my self-imposed limitations are. And just knowing that you can blast through your own self-imposed limitations, like if you learn that once, then you start to look at other areas of your life and say, okay, where else do I have limitations that might be self-imposed? So. Um, I think the work you do, or I know the work you do is very transformative, so I'm really excited to have you here on the podcast to talk about all of that. Um, so thank you so much for coming in to talk today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, man. I mean, it was transformative for me as well. That's the thing about NLP. It's like you're going on a journey together. You know, that master, uh, you know, student mentality or uh, that positioning doesn't really exist in NLP, when you're when you're traveling together, uh, it's a journey that you both go on. So I learned as much as you learned during that experience, and uh, I want to thank you as well. You're a really really good friend of mine, and I always loved working with you. You're like the ideal you're the ideal person to work with, and if you always showed up, you always wanted to do your best, and I always learned from our experiences. And you were a monster by the end of that training. I remember <laughs> it was like. The whole gym would stop and be like, what the, like, just dumbfounded by your ability to, to transfer from different energy systems, no matter what I threw at you, you crushed it. You're just, you're just an all-star player, man. So, so thank you for having me. Thank, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Of course, man. It's good to hear your voice, man. It's good to hear from you. I haven't heard from you in a while. I haven't, I haven't seen you in a long time since you moved to L.A. Yeah, it's uh, been a minute. I'm sad about that, but I'm glad, you know, at least we can uh, connect this way. And uh, even though you're all the way in New York City, you know, you can always come out here and come hang out. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. well, well, now we got two coasts. Exactly. I would love to come out of L.A., man. I can't wait. I have so many homies out there as well. I, you know you're my first stop. Hell yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, I think that um, the thing about me, um, I think we talked about this a couple of seconds earlier. What got me to this place of curiosity and NLP was my path through martial arts. It was very um, solitary. I had to work on my own blind spots. I had to work on my own things on my own. I didn't, my last two fights, I didn't have a, a gym or a coach or a team 
to help me through um, to where I was going. And I thought that, you know, I needed to find out, I needed to grow in order to get to where I was going. And I knew that what I was learning would eventually be able to, I'd be able to give this to the people that I was working with. So a big, a big part of this is, is uh, expanding my map of the world. It's an NLP term, expanding my map of the world. Like everyone mm. has this map, this, this visual map that we, we, we place where things are. And it's a certain size at a certain age and a certain time in our lives. But as we get more experiences and we come in contact with other people and we allow other people to update and upgrade our maps, the world becomes larger and our vocabulary for connecting with people becomes bigger as well. Mm. And so, yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, and I know that NLP is something you've been really going hard on in the last couple of years, uh, but I want to back it up a little bit mm -hmm. and just say, uh, talk a little bit about sort of your uh, coming up story in the personal training world, because I think that, you know, you have a really extraordinary story coming from, you know, growing up on the Lower East Side. Um, and then I think you said that you, you know, fell on some hard times financially at one point. And going from that to working with like the top personal trainers in the world um, and then becoming an elite personal trainer yourself. Um, could you tell us sort of like how you got started in personal training and sort of a little bit more about your background? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So I started off in, in doing martial arts everywhere in the Lower East Side. Uh, martial arts existed. Uh, it was it was inescapable. It was inevitable. There was two things that was happening here. There were the arts. There were like there was music, and then when the cut funding got cut from that, martial arts was kind of your only option because people were still teaching it for free everywhere. Hmm. And um, so I was you know I was obsessed with martial arts just like anybody else was in the '90s and like in the '80s and stuff like that. And uh, it just stuck with me that personal journey. Of, of growing yourself and motivating yourself and becoming something bigger than what you what you currently are it just resonated with me especially because i was a very sick child growing up i had respiratory issues when i was a child and uh i was oftentimes in a wheelchair because i couldn't breathe um i needed a, a respirator it's very funny how things are happening right now with the uh coronavirus because that's exactly what i would go through all the time um, when I was a child, my 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 um, mom would have to be in the hospital with me all the time, and she was very worried for me uh, growing up. So I was kind of excluded from physical activity for a while, and then uh, I just discovered martial arts, and I said, "No, fuck all that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I've got to do, and I gotta <laughs> I got I gotta grow myself." You know what I'm saying? So yeah, so it's crazy to hear that because you know, looking at you, nobody would ever guess that you ever had any health problems. I mean. If you're listening to this, go Google Garnett Strother. Uh, you'll see pictures of him just absolutely jacked, yoked. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so like I want everyone listening to this who currently has any type of physical health ailment or problem to just uh, think about that and know that it's you can overcome it, but it is just about overcoming your own personal blocks. That's right. Because um, you've come so such a crazy long way that it's – I think a lot of times when we travel a long way and you meet new people and they're not aware of your past, uh, it can be easy to like lose perspective of that. But you've come an incredible, had an incredible journey. And it's only just beginning. Yes, man. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, for martial arts, it changed my my perspective of myself. It was the first time my map expanded. Um, I dropped out of high school because I uh, I had a daughter at seventeen, and she, if it wasn't for her, she wouldn't I wouldn't have gotten the drive I needed to push me forward and to progress the way as far and as hard as I and go as hard as far as I could. She uh, she really motivated me to get my shit together. Um, five months before she was born, nine eleven happened in New York. So I had to really uh, struggle for a little bit. The air quality here was really bad. I couldn't really, you know, do anything. There weren't any jobs available. So the only thing I could do was work on myself at that time. And uh, a few years after that, I finally got custody of my daughter. I did a few court battles. So I was kind of fighting that fight while I was fighting my own internal things. And uh, 10 years of, of court going back and forth, I finally got custody and I became a personal trainer around the same time during the court battle. So around 19, I started doing, I got my black belt around 21 and uh, I started doing privates uh, from there. So yeah, I've been doing martial arts. I've been doing personal training for about 20 years. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you've seen a few things. Yeah. So yeah, from personal training, I just uh, I've got a really good mentor. One of my top, one of my biggest mentors in personal training was this guy Rich Beretta. He he basically created the industry. There was no personal training before this guy showed up. Um, he trained he's trained everybody in, in the on the planet. He had all the celebrities back before you know there were even social media to gauge how popular people were. Like <laughs> you know he was he's an incredible, brilliant mind, and he's working on this uh, incredible thing called Afterburn right now. He's like. He's totally done with personal training. He's retired. So I saw that as an opportunity for me to, to be like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to take this to the next level with combining it with neuro-linguistic programming and the things that he's taught me along the way. So that's, that's what led me here. Yeah. Nice. And uh, what kind of things did he teach you? Like, what would you say were your, your biggest takeaways from your time working Man. with him? Him and uh, and his partner, uh, Stu Rosenstein, he, who was a martial artist who taught all these legendary African-American superheroes, like in my eyes, he was involved with uh, him and his dad was, were like the old, like the first generation of martial artists to come to America, period. Um, mm-hmm. he, he, had a, he had a very, they were very yin and yang. Training with Beretta was like training with Wolverine in a danger room. It was like, <laughs> it was brutal. You think the stuff that we did was tough? I'm like, that's how we started he just b- tried to break you. He just tried to destroy you. He systematically took you apart. He knew which muscle was connected to this muscle so that you <laughs> couldn't form, you couldn't, you couldn't function properly. You couldn't even stand by the end of the training. It was, it was, but you understood where the muscle was because he, mm. to- he told you where he was, how he was destroying you. Yeah. <laughs> he told you, listen, I'm going to hit like a master. You know, he just like, I'm going to hit this part over here and that's going to shut your breathing down and that's going to you know affect your diaphragm and here's here's why you can't do this move right now it's because these muscles are weak and we got to strengthen these muscles over here wow and that's how i learned how to function with the body and through that i was like hmm i can pretty much train myself now and what i learned was way more than there was no strength and conditioning during like martial artists are terrible at strength and conditioning and yeah you know what I mean? It took a long time for people to even catch up and think, oh, wow, I should lift weights while I do martial arts. I right. Thought, you know, it's I all should, road work. It's all road work and like kicking <laughs> ass. Yeah. 
So when I started training with Beretta, I was like, this is harder than this. This keeps me more engaged than fighting someone. Hmm. It was that it was so engaging the way that we trained because he, he just took the body apart and, and played with it. He broke all the rules. Oh, you should only do 12 sets of this and force like this bullshit. It, it's all what you what you your what you perceive yourself capable of doing. That's what creates change in the body. So long story short, that's what that's the biggest thing that he's ever taught me is that there are no limitations as to what you can possibly achieve. He, you know, he taught David Blaine. He didn't teach David Blaine, but he worked with David Blaine through all of his tricks, the breath hold, the the being frozen in ice. Those weren't tricks as much as they were stunts that he took his the human body so far into into extremes that no man could possibly do and he worked with Beretta with all those things so Beretta's just a wizard when it comes to uh, how to strengthen your body uh, he just understood how things work so intricately like Steve Nash is another person that he worked with I had the pleasure of of being around while he was training the stuff that he would do with Nash to keep him sharp at 40 years old playing with Kobe Bryant was was unparalleled. I've never seen it before. He was a what was he doing? Of, he was doing like the, the BOSU stuff that I had you guys doing. He was doing like the lactic acid training, the the agility style training combined with the lactic acid, combined with explosiveness, combined with breath control, with diaphragm breathing. He made him fast. He made him quick. He made him explosive and he made him strong and he made him, he made him be able to take hits on the way to the basket. Cause you, you get hit three, four times. Nash is like my height. You know, yeah. I'm six, one and a half, six, two on Tinder. So <laughs> like, there's no way that somebody, I'm gonna go to the hole with these gigantic people. He was like, he was, and Nash was a young, he was not a young guy anymore. He was like, the the draft of '96, like one of the best drafts of all time, like Allen Iverson and like, you know, like like Kobe, like he was, you know, it was it was crazy. So, the stuff that I learned from Beretta was, you know, incredible. I don't, I, I think any, he's trained a lot of people, and it's it's a shame that more people didn't take get more from Beretta. It was it's a shame because they would have been elite. No one would have been able to mess with them. They would have been elite yeah. trainers on on any player anywhere on the planet. Yeah, I mean, I know for myself personally, and, you know, definitely from from your story that having a mentor like that is just like an absolute major game changer. Um, oh, yeah. Because you're not reinventing the wheel or struggling with all these things that like they've already been through. Right. Um, and I know a lot of people don't have that. So um, I'm wondering, how did you get connected with him? How did that relationship start? <laughs> I was on a I got fired from Equinox, like every trainer does. And um, I found them on Craigslist. They were, wow. Beretta was like a fallen, this fallen angel. He got kicked, he got fired from his, he got kicked out of his own gym. Police escorted out of his own gym. He's, you know, he's like the badass of personal trainers. You think I'm the badass personal trainer. He's the original <laughs> badass of personal trainers. And he was starting his own boutique gym and he was competing with everybody. David Barton, who was a colleague of his. Uh, who was up the street at the time, New York Sports Club, and outlasted all of them. He had a successful business model the whole time we were there. We were too busy. Um, wow. You know, we were too, we had to control the flow of the people that came in. We got in during the financial crisis, doing two, from 2008 is when he opened till I left two years ago. We were killing it. We were just like way too busy. 
you know, it was too, it was way too successful. It was, we couldn't, we couldn't get enough people. We couldn't get, uh, we had too many people in there. So he was just, you know, he was, he was just like an incredible person to, to work with, but he had, um, unfortunately he had some personal things happen that kind of threw him off. And, you know, that's the thing when you see, he didn't have that mentor. He, he, he was my hero, but all my heroes didn't have mentors. Miyamoto Musashi, Sun Tzu, you know, these guys didn't have people to show them the ropes. They learned all on their own and had a very strong internal frame of reference. And so did he. So, unfortunately, when that happens, you don't have someone to check you. Things kind of fall off and you stop listening to the right people because you, you used to just listen to yourself. And, uh, you know, he, he kind of... You know, he went. He went a whole other path now. Now he's the, he's done with personal training and he's doing group fitness. So, I, I wish him all the best. I know he's gonna kill it because he's a he's just incredible. And yeah, you know, it it just you know now it's my turn. It's my turn to help trainers maximize their goals, maximize their capabilities of changing people's lives. Nice. So it sounds like it's a little bit of a you know when the student is ready, the teacher will show up mm-hmm. situation. That's right. Um, just found one of the best personal trainers happened to be on Craigslist, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. at the time. Yeah. We're, we're high end personal trainers. Don't usually find themselves. No, but it came together. <laughs> <laughs> it did, man. Like they were like, yo, we need bodies in here. And they were willing, nice. willing to take a, ch- a chance with me. I was terrible. Like any other trainer, I was awful at the beginning and I was doubting myself. And I was, you know, I was, my house had just burned down a few years ago. I lost everything. There's a couple of times we're gonna be saying I'm gonna be saying that. There's a couple of times we're gonna be saying this podcast, Rob. I lost everything. But yeah, we had a huge fire. Um, I was I was homeless for a little bit, um, and you know, jobless for a little bit, and that's when I found uh, that's right after that. A few years after that, I found um, Beretta on Craigslist, and he just was like, "Man, you have all the skills. You just need to believe in yourself." Is what's he said he would be like, "Yo, man, you got, you just gotta get some more style, you know. You gotta find out who you are." And then Stu, who was a martial artist who trained all those guys I mentioned, um, trained with all those guys I mentioned, he was just like, you know, because you know he gave me the the last dragon talk, yo. He was like, "There is one place you have not looked, and it is there, only there." <laughs> and I was like, "True, true, 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 true." Because I was just, like, getting down on myself about everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I don't know. I was late today because of this. And um, mm. I, I, can't, I can't get this person in shape because they're not listening to me. And, um, they're, they're off the wagon and blah, blah, blah. Like, nah, yo, that shit, you got to master that within yourself first. You got to stop that, get off that pity party. Every day, every day was a different pity party, he said. Every day was different. <laughs> every day. Every day is a pretty party, and he's like, "Listen, as soon as you start doing that, you're gonna kill it." And he says, to the, "Stu says I went to go see him recently." He said, "To this day, I talk about you, man, and it means the world to me that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a positive example for his 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 trainers that he has that he works with at, at his gym, um, which is which is extremely successful too." Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, when you say that, uh, you know, where you came from with that. Um... I'm just like, I could never see those type of those words coming out of your mouth because you're one of the most, I don't want to say positive because when you, when I think of like a super positive person, sometimes, you know, it's, they're being positive just because they want to be positive and it's you know, annoying. They feel a different way. 
Yeah, but I think <laughs> with you, you've got like this indomitable spirit and this this will to keep uh, pressing forward no matter what comes at you. Um, so like it's really inspiring to know that you came from that pity party mindset that so many of us, including myself, fall into um, and it's really hard to get out of. So like what is the process like from going to pity party to um, having that that mental toughness? Well, um, I, for me, it was just like throwing at that time, it was like throwing myself to the wolves. But I had realized I had hit bottom and I had nothing else to lose. Um, to this day, I still have the, I still have that pity party in me. I still have that, you know, I, I just don't want to leave my fucking room for for a day or so. Even if my daughter is, you know, sick and needs me and needs help, I need to get my shit together. I look around and I look at the patterns that I've adopted subconsciously from my my mom who raised three boys on her own. And I look around and I'm like, holy shit, this is exactly what was happening to my mom. How do mm. how do we navigate this thing? How do we how do we get like I, this is what this is the behavior, right? Now, what is the cause for this behavior? Uh huh. And what where can I where can I go from here to realize that I have options? A lot of times, we don't realize that we have options when we're in a bad place. We think that we're just on this 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 train going straight towards the place that we don't want to go towards and there's nothing that we can do about it mm. it's like fortune telling your own demise a little bit right like you're on you're just locked in and there's nothing else that can exist except for this pain that you you see oh you know i have one drink and then i gotta keep going or mm-hmm. uh, you know what i mean like uh, i called my ex and you know that's, that's that's i always do this i always just reinforcing these negative behaviors because they be use these negative behaviors as a reward system, and that's, mm. not, that's not that's not really you know groundbreaking information. We know that this is happening, but to have the capability yeah. of stepping back and observing your behavior from a, a meta like position is extremely powerful to make that that adjustment. If you want to change your behavior, you got to realize that your behavior is not you. Yeah. It's it's a 100%. it's a symptom of of beliefs from your belief systems, and if you can change where your beliefs are, and, and you know most people kind of stop at behavior. All right, I quit smoking, then they pick up something else because right, you know that's how behavior works. It, you know you didn't really deal with the underlying issue, and it's a lot less heavy lifting if I just change the behavior. Right, I go from cigarettes to gum, I go from gum to coke, <laughs> I, go, <laughs> I go from coke to sex, I go from sex, yeah. I go from sex. To modern warfare, it doesn't matter what you know the behavior is, because the symptom is still there. You know what I mean? Like the behavior is, is still. A, oh, I just have an addictive personality. No, you don't. You just didn't. Mm. You just didn't deal with the shit that you had there in the first place. You know, that's why a lot of fighters find martial arts in the first place too. I think it's just like they have something in them that's just they learn how to use that negative thing into a positive. However, I find that using that for that long it's kind of like using fossil fuels it's like mm. it's 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 it erodes the system that's using it for energy it it just destroys it there's so much black smoke and it does so much to your mental health where you're you're drink you're trying to pull this energy from a negative place as opposed to just being free with it and and then being rewarded by the fact 
that you are liberated and have options. It just feels better. It's like solar energy versus using coal. Yeah, much less toxic. It's much less, much less toxic, you know, because, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of people, um, you know, they get their drive from that place and then they, they're not as unhappy anymore and then they fall off. Mm, you, ever see, yeah. you ever see that? You ever see people just like, you know, I'm, yeah. ah, he lost his edge. He's not, he's not unhappy anymore, you know? But isn't that the goal? Yeah, I went through that myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I started learning how to fight or started doing martial arts to learn how to street fight better. Uh, and that, that anger was fueling it for a long time until it wasn't anymore. And then it was like, well, shit, now what? <laughs> yeah. You know, what's going to fuel it now? What's the new, what's my why? You know, why am I doing this? Exactly. Um, you yeah. know, like the behavior does no longer suits. The behavior no, is, you know, just a symptom of, of the belief system. Like, I believe I must fight because I am lower than where I, I want to be. And if I believe that, which was where I was coming from too. You know, I, I always believe I'm a sick child. I'm a sick kid. I got to train hard. I'm a sick child. I got to train hard. Mm. I'm a sick kid. I got to train harder than anybody else. Everyone else is up here. I'm down here. I got to fight. And then I realized that I was just smashing people. And I didn't realize how good I was. And I didn't even have the self-confidence develop because I kept thinking to myself that I was this sick kid, that I could never do this. So I didn't really fight until way later, until like 2000. 2006 maybe like i've been training martial arts since i was seven years old like why did i wait so long i just didn't have any self-confidence man yeah i mean it's definitely it's hard to update that inner um that inner image of ourselves that we have like that that self uh concept that identity um so how did you go about updating that for yourself or was it just a matter of observing and reflecting like how did that actually come about you just got at that time i was like doing the scary thing and throwing myself into a place where i was uncomfortable you know i was it was 2017 2016 2017 and i was like you know what i'm running out of time for fighting you know at least that's what i thought you know and i'm like 30 i was like 33 32 years old like i'm not (laughs) i'm not really running out of time to fight and yeah, plenty of time. I had plenty of time. But um, he was, you know, I was training at the at the Watt with Phil Nurse, and he was just like watching me spar with guys. And I, I was like, man, this guy gave me a really hard time. And then I asked him who he was, and he was the fucking World Series of Fighting light heavyweight champion. <laughs> uh, was, so it makes sense. I was like, oh, okay, maybe that's why it was it was difficult today. Yeah. And he was just like, yeah. dude, you just gotta fight. Just go fight and just. Who cares? You don't have a coach. He's like, trust me. You've been doing this. So he's he's known me a long time. Uh, Phil's known me. Phil, shout out to Phil Nurse at the Watt. He's just an incredible human. One of the greatest martial artists I've ever come in contact with. Period. Um, uh, so he he just he just um, he was like, yo, go fight. And then I I was like, cool. And I I won a title on my own because of that advice. And that's when it started to click. It was just like, okay, I need to challenge myself this way and reward myself properly um but then i found to another calamity uh later on where i lost everything yet again so it's uh mm. so yeah it was a it was a high it was a super high place but at the end of the day i think what the, this coronavirus is doing as well as revealing a lot about ourselves it's really how so well it's like we come home how do we cope with stress how do we cope with boredom? 
Do we reach for for the for a drink? Do we reach for sex? Do we reach for a book? How do we deal with these? How do we navigate our world? I spent very little time at home up until this time. So for me to be home is like a fucking nightmare for me. Like I just <laughs> I I'd rather be skating, uh, you know, doing something else, anything but like building the thing that I should be building. Uh, personally, mm. like I'd rather just be like traveling with like my DJ friends and like throwing parties in another country and uh you know like I'd rather experience li- and enhance people's lives that way because of my life has been I felt so hard on my myself however this is what I need to be doing I need to be having conversations like this with you with people like you and I've been doing that for the last couple of weeks and it's been it felt great you know it's really challenging but this is what I need to be doing. So I, I'm just taking this opportunity to do all the things that I should be doing. Spending time with my daughter, like listening to her. Um, she's going to graduate this year. I'm almost at the, I'm at the home stretch, yo. Like I'm like, I've been, Hey, nice. You know Congratulations to you both. Thanks man. We're almost there. <laughs> That's amazing. We're almost there, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I never graduated high school. So this is a big deal. If, if they, yeah. if they can reopen schools by June or May or June, I'd be, ecstatic because i get to watch my daughter walk down the aisle get a diploma and then go to college and you know all the things that i never got to do which is every parent's dream yeah so i'm just like doubling down on that i'm learning how to like i'm trying to learn how to cook i'm trying to like i'm trying to muster the courage to fail a bunch of times and and just do it anyway you know like it's been it's just a real challenge staying uh, staying motivated and just being faced with all the things that I have not been doing because I'm just not here. I just order seamless, order food. I give her cash to go food shopping. But right now, unfortunately, she's really sick. She's diabetic. And you got to really watch her carefully. So normally that's the kind of her thing is to cook and like do what I do this, that, and that, and the other. But walk the dog and all that. And But now I, I got to step up. My brother's been stepping up to take care of her and that's what it really is right now is just really just you know taking a look at yourself for me it's been eye-opening it's like okay i gotta really step it up over here i gotta i gotta really like double down over there yeah i'm not good at it but it's got to be done and by the end of this 30 days that we have lockdown in new york i want to be a different person Mm, i like that you know like i struggle of all things i've accomplished dan like to me, it's just like, that's what I needed to do. That's just what I needed to, to do to get to where I needed to be. But this challenge right now is, is that everyone is feeling is within themselves. They have to face themselves now. All that stuff that they buried and, and use distractions of the, on the internet, Instagram, to, to just kind of like navigate around it, you, you can't hide from it anymore. Yeah, we're kind of all being forced with this time to really, you know, stop and reflect on on who we are in a lot of ways. Yeah, we're experiencing ourselves in real time. And I think that's something that we haven't really done with like social media. Like we, we can be on social media for so long, but after a while you start feeling like shit because you're looking at everyone's absolute best. Right. Still at in their home. It's terrible because it's not that. It's very telling. Like it's, it's very telling. People acting some comedian was like, "Yo, y'all acting like y'all got it going on in your house, but y'all refrigerators are white." 
<laughs> y'all act like y'all got stolen silver. <laughs> but y'all refrigerator is white. You got a space heater in the back. I see that space heater. It's hilarious. Like, like yo, like for real. Like that's why you gotta keep it a hundred. People are always always excited. All these uh, you know, Instagram women on there, the fitness people or whatever, just in exotic places, and you see their crib. It's like, yo, you don't spend no time in the house. <laughs> you know? So. Yeah, hundred percent. So, for people that um, you know, aren't quite ready to go out there and become a champion prize fighter right now, um, for like, you know, people that are just looking to overcome some mental barriers. Like what do you, do you have any practices or anything that we could give them as like homework so that they could start identifying and smashing some of their own uh, limiting beliefs? Yes. Um, I think that the first technique that I learned was uh, the six step reframe in NLP, um, which is very close to what's called the Disney principle, um, which, which I'll explain a little bit as well. Uh, what really helped me was to observe my limiting belief from a meta position. So what I do is, what, 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 is, what is done in the six-step reframe is that we sit in a place, we associate that limiting belief or challenge with the spatial area. We do this all the time. You know, that's my workstation on, in this corner. That's, my, that's where I eat dinner at the dinner table. That's where I, these are just furniture, but we associate times and places and emotions to those places. So we're going to do the same thing with the limiting beliefs. So you're going to have uh, a chair, not your favorite chair. You don't want to do that. <laughs> get a, get, your get, least get, favorite chair. Like least, Buy a chair you a hate. A chair you hate or like it's not, but you're about to throw it away or just stand in the face and associate into that limiting belief. And then you, you kind of walk it off. You have a, it, it's much more effective if you get in a, Think about something else. Find some, have something nearby to make you laugh, to just bring you out of state. And then you're gonna walk into the next chair. You sit in the next chair, or walk into the next space, and you're gonna observe yourself in that position. So, what do you look like? What's your body language like? You know, what advice would you give this person that that is sitting in that chair? And that's very important that you use that language with yourself. Because if you use the language like, oh, I'm sitting in the chair, what would I tell myself? No, because then it doesn't really, it's not really in a meta position because you're still associated into that feeling. That's the most, mm. that's the most difficult part of the technique is that people associate their behavior with themselves when their behavior is just out there in the universe. It's just out in there into the environment. It's not you. You are the thoughts, beliefs, identity, so on and so forth that created that. So what we're going to do is kind of help separate you from that behavior. Um, so once you uh, observed yourself, thought about some things you would tell yourself, you move on and then you, you do another, you know, have something funny or something to take you out of state ready for you, you know, do some jumping jacks, do a little break dancing or something like that. And then you move on to the, <laughs> to the next space. The next space is my favorite. It's, it's the creative unconscious space. Right, so you find a chair or mm. area in the place in the in the room, and you you kind of hang out there, and you just just only think of ways, three ways where you can help the situation. What other options do you have in this scenario? Right, you you associate into that mindset of oh, how do I hmm, 
what would I do? What would I tell a friend? How, like, what are three things I could do in this position instead of doing this? And then usually what's funny is that you would, uh, you would step out of that state, shake it off again, and then you sit back into the chair and your brain would just choose not to have that behavior anymore. Hmm. It would just be like, huh, I don't want to do this anymore. Now, if, you, if that doesn't work the first time, usually three times you'll, you'll just make the decision to like, huh, I can't get into that state. I can't get into that unresourceful uh, negative space again. And, yeah. and that's, that's a really powerful uh, tool that I've used in the beginning of my NLP that, I, that anybody can do. Anybody can, can, can do it at any time. Just, tr- just try it out. Three different places. Shake it off before you get to the three spots. And just play with the possibilities of, be, of being in that space, of, of feeling that unresourceful mindset, and then realizing you have options. You always have options. Nice. Yeah, I really like that. What strikes me uh, from all of that, what stands out to me is, is the practice of doing that kind of takes you out of that automatic uh, negative response and gets you to consider the other possibilities. And in that way, you're kind of strengthening your, like it's like a muscle, you're strengthening your ability to stop that response and then consider other possibilities. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's about just being a little bit more flexible. You know what I mean? Like manually overriding your maps. That's why people take hallucinogens. That's why people uh, take drugs in the first place. They're looking for a change of state. Imagine if you had the capacity to change your state whenever you wanted to. Without drugs or without alcohol. or You can, you can take a look at yourself and, and really change who you are and change that aspect of yourself, your perception of yourself so that you can move forward. It's a, it's a very fascinating, it's, it's kind of like the beginner stuff, but I think that's one that anybody can use. You don't really need NLP training to know how to do this skill set. It's really, really good opening stuff. Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely going to try that. Um, once we sure. get off the podcast here, um, I have a question sure. for you. Are you willing to be, uh, honest and authentic? Of course. <laughs> it's a setup All right. so um could you walk us through like when you were learning that style of nlp uh six step reframe uh could you walk us through something that you reframed and sort of how your whole process for doing that just with a an example from your oh, life yeah, absolutely um a lot of my nlp training was based on having the strength to talk to my daughter as people know uh t- teenagers mm-hmm. are not easy and not, not because they're like, like, I don't have a rambunctious teenager that's like wild as fuck. And like, like she's way cooler and like way, way better than I was. Um, so I, I, I'm gifted. But um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm the one that's she's gifted. I'm the one that's like grateful. Um, but what was challenging was that <clears throat> she would she's the opposite where she would kind of like shut down and not talk about how she felt. And um, that was really frustrating for me because my behavior was eliciting that response. So what I did was work on like a lot of limiting beliefs I had about my daughter, about myself and my daughter. I felt like I was always going to fail her. I felt like I was always going to just come up short because I was only one person 
and nothing I would do would be good enough. And, um, you know, and, and just I wasn't a good father because sometimes I would choose myself. I would choose to take care of myself or like go off somewhere when I didn't, you know, when I when I should be home. You know, that's, that's the paradox of being a single parent is that whenever you're at home, you want to be hanging out. And when you're hanging out, you're like, oh, man, I should be home. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's hard, bro. You never really have any joy. And it, and it's it's difficult to navigate when you're it's a, even if she was with her mom I was like she shouldn't be with her mom man like she should be with me you know like she you know what I mean like I would just mm-hmm. say these things in my mind so what would change my perspective a lot was uh, was realizing that I'm doing the best that I can perceive uh, I'm doing the best that I perceive that like, we're all doing the best that we can perceive that we're doing not anymore. You know, if we only can perceive that we are able to do a, do X amount, then that's what we'll that's what we'll do. But if there are no limitations on what we can achieve, then we'll we, I think we're more likely to surprise ourselves with what is possible. So that's something that I was working on at NLP was was like that belief that I would never be enough for my daughter. Yeah, that's a big one. So did you act, you actually stood somewhere and associated those thoughts? And uh, what alternatives did you consider for that, those thoughts? I would say, what if I planned ahead of time? And what if I, um, then I, re- I was like, well, what if I, um, you know, got more involved in school? And what if I, you know, it's so, it's so funny how, how your subconscious works. Like my gym that I work out of, is literally di- is directly across from our high school now. I can look out of the window and see her in school. You know, like it's nice. like well, not for her, for me it is. <laughs> like, why yeah, is convenient. convenient for me. You know, I will I'll go get a sandwich and walk in her, walk see her going to school. You know, um, but it it was just it's funny how these things take a toll on the subconscious mind. Very rarely. But do we feel control in our conscious and our, our forward thinking conscious mind, the one that interacts with things as we're awake? The, the goal here at NLP is to make shifts in the subconscious and the, and the belief systems that dictate what we do out here. That's where you want to change. So if I'm training a client, if I'm working with myself, I need to change who I perceive myself to be inside before it happens out here. And that's a, you know, it was just, that was the biggest challenge for for me. It was like, oh, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. It's like, it's like NLP sometimes is like staring at a, at a corner on a wall. Like you put your face in the corner of a wall in in an empty room. And you're like, if I can just expand this corner, (laughs) if I can just, if I can just get a couple of more at an NLP allows the flexibility to observe yourself trying to peer into a corner and just tap yourself on the shoulder and say, Hey man, why don't you just turn around? Yeah. And you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, had a whole, I had a whole room here. Yeah. I, I think you bring up a good point uh, with the fact that your job just happens to be across the street from the school, you know, thus solving a lot of your, your challenges yeah. there. Um, that what we 
what we like task our subconscious mind with, like it's working in the background while we're doing other stuff. And the solution oftentimes, as long as, long as we're open to it and looking for it um, and accepting of those beliefs or we know that they right. exist, like you said, uh, then the, the solution will almost appear to like manifest That's itself. Right. It will almost feel like it's been like, oh, see, I, I called it. I pulled it from the universe. I just, I plucked it from the ether. Like, no, you programmed your, subcon- <laughs> you programmed your subconscious mind for this day in and day out. And that's why you get what you got is because you, you believed it. You finally, you believe it to your core, your identity. It resonates with who you are to have these things. That's why every millionaire is like, you know, every successful trainer is like, of course, I'm a good trainer. They might be, they might actually yeah. be trash, but they believe that they are. <laughs> and that's what it is. It's about, it's about your beliefs. It's, it's how you, you believe, what you believe yourself, not what you tell yourself to boast yourself up, but what you really believe. How do I shift that within myself so I can learn how to shift that within people? It's much more subtle. It's, it's much more, it's much more smoother than uh, than just like coaching someone to do something, to tell someone, hey, you got 12 of these, great job, you did that many things, let's move on to, to the next list yeah. of things that we have to do. Oh, look at that, you got to, you know, you're, you're lifting more weight. That isn't, that's, I'm not interested in that. I'm not, I'm just so uninterested in that part of training. And it's, and this is not inspiring. That's not why I got into this business. That's not why I started training people. That's not why I, uh, I train people today. It's because I want to see that. I want to get people that want that fundamental change. If you want a high expensive, high end expensive trainer that's going to sit there, count reps, and babysit you, you can. There's plenty of people at Equinox. There's plenty of people over there that that'll take all your money, and that's fine. But if you want, you know, to see a profound change within yourself and your body, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm. That's what I'm here for. I'm here for to support people emotionally, psychologically physically you know that's that's why you're paying me it's not i'm not here to count reps you can get that at, at anywhere you know yeah and that makes more what what you're doing makes more lasting change because as soon as they stop with the other trainer uh they they still believe that they're you know fat and lazy and that's unmotivated right. they're gonna go back to being fat and lazy that's and unmotivated. exactly and that's why they really hire on you and then they're gonna, right. reaffirm. they're gonna reaffirm because yeah. they they've achieved their goal let's say you do have a good trainer I know, I know I got a lot of great trainer friends that are incredible, incredible trainers, but they also, you know, they're good for when they work with you, but then when they leave, they're back to their habits. They're drinking, they're doing X, Y, and Z, you know, they're partying because they're not dealing with their issues. They're not, they're not dealing with what the real reason was, you know, um, and they're in love. And then the other side of fitness is, is kind of dark. It's, it's a lot of anorexic, toxic, uh, you know, mm. just like mentalities. But with women, it's about anorexia and like eating disorders. I can't tell you how many times learning NLP has helped me encounter someone with an eating disorder. Um, well, you know, so many. I mean, I think every other last year and a year before that, I think every other client had an eating disorder. That I, yeah, wow. and they just went misdiagnosed, or they just got diagnosed, or you know, it, it's very interesting, like where you meet them, where you meet them at, and it's like, hmm, it, this is very, this is a very interesting time 
for me to be doing NLP because it's like it, it all these people just found me online. You know, yeah. it's very it was very interesting, man. So um, that's what I'm interested in. I'm, I want those people, though. I want I want the person that's like I want I want to change who I think I am. I want the person that just got off of drugs that wants to get their shit together and needs help. I want those people, you know, most trainers would run the other direction. So, all right, man, you, I can't ask way, ask way out of my pay grade, but that's how I made my bones personal training. My first client was, was somebody that was just constantly abusing cocaine, showed up to work, showed up to train drunk, uh, you know, had mm-hmm. guns and shit, was into all kinds of wild, crazy stuff. And, and, you know, they were like, let's give him the Garnet because he's a tough guy from the, from the, <laughs> You know, he's, he's my first client and he loved him and his family. They were like, you know, they love me to death. And they were like, yo, man, like we really see a, ch- a change in, in our, in our boy. And, you know, we really thank you for, for, for being with us. And like, they, they, they were like, they went from like, yeah, let's train twice a week to like, we need Garnett here every day. We need Garnett <laughs> here every day. I understand the sentiment. <laughs> I, I agree with that. I would love to train Thanks, with you man. every day. Thanks, Dan. I really appreciate that, brother. You know, I yeah. Yeah, bro. I yeah, appreciate man. you. Uh, if people want to connect with you or uh, learn more from you about everything we talked about today, uh, where can uh, they you find, find you? me? Everywhere. I just started. I just. I just appreciate. <laughs> I just put up my um, my YouTube uh, channel today. Um, I know I'm a little late to the game, but the stuff I wanted to put was different. Uh, was different. So it's better late than never. I'm on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Tumblr is a little weirder, but you can holler at me there if you want to, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, all platforms. Yeah, I think. Yeah, mostly mostly Instagram and yeah, YouTube, Instagram, right? YouTube, or just or just uh, email me. I'm at strollerpt at Gmail. Just uh, email your boy. Things are changing. Um, I I hollered at the guy that you recommended to to work on my site, so I'm really excited about the site. The site is gonna be so cool, man. Like, I can't wait. It's gonna be everything. Everything that nice. we just talked about will be on the site. We're gonna I'm gonna nav- help you people navigate their own personal issues, how to help trainers with NLP to navigate their clients' issues in order to uh, put them in a different mindset and framework. It's going to be great. It's going to be, it's going to be 2020 is going to be a great year for virtual training. Awesome. I can't wait to check that out. Um, Garnett, thanks again so much for coming on. Really appreciate you and uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. I'll holla at you, brother. Peace. Wow, what an awesome episode. Uh, I personally just love talking to Garnett. I always come away feeling super inspired. So um, he's just one of the coolest guys I know. And I really appreciate all of his wisdom. So I really hope that you are able to take something away from this talk and that you'll try out the exercise, the six step NLP exercise that he recommended. And let me know how it goes for you. I'm definitely going to try it out myself. So if you try it, please uh, join us in the Mentally Fit community at community.joinmentallyfit.com to let me know how it went for you. Uh, I'm really looking forward to continuing the discussion. This is really, really great stuff. So thanks for joining us. And um, as always, just know that no matter what you're going through, um, no matter where you are in life, you are not alone. And we have your back, I have your back 100%, as does the rest of the Mentally Fit community. So thanks for listening. Please share and subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And yeah, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.